with obsessive conversive podcast number 13 with good friend long time friend nathan scott how are you mate i'm good darren how are you yeah i'm good had a good day uh working on my studio today um i've oh, got, yeah. got a summer house at the back um i've ripped it out completely plastering it tomorrow um and then hopefully when all these restrictions are lifted i'll be able to have people over because, I mean, the, these Zoom meetings and that are good, but it's not quite the same as talking face-to-face, is it? No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, what's new with you then, mate? You, um, I, I see you've <clears throat> got your own company now. Yeah, that's... Uh, when did I move back to England? Seven, seven-odd years ago. Yep. I decided, uh, yeah, to do it on my own, and I'm still going. Yeah, you've um, you've always had a, always had a passion for your work, haven't you? Oh yeah, I love Brits, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, someone actually, someone actually asked me to describe my job, and I make people's dreams come true. I suppose, yeah. So at the end of it, it's very satisfying. Has um, like. the pandemic affected work or are you still being able to go out and do what you um, need to do? Yeah, so that like the first lockdown, I had to take three three weeks off and a couple of the other lads got furloughed for longer. Um, and that was because I couldn't get materials. Like the site we were on, we had no contact with the outside world apart from deliveries. Yeah. Um, but then the rest of it now have tickled along quite tidy. Um, yeah, I've lost a couple of big jobs because their their companies have taken a hit, so they can't afford to do the job that we booked in. Um, so it you know it did affect, but I managed to bring things in, and, and it's just tickled along nicely, mate. Yeah, that's good. It's good to hear because obviously at, at the restaurant for the first lockdown uh, we closed completely. Um, yeah, and, and then towards the end of that. Um, they sort of rearranged the kitchen, took out the entire upstairs, just did takeaways then, um, and we've been we've we've stayed open more or less ever since. Had to close briefly over Christmas because um, one of the staff members tested positive, and it was only one staff member; it didn't affect anybody else. But yeah, we've um, we've been well before Christmas. We were we were really busy, like all, almost unmanageably. But um, just after Christmas, January, it's been manageable, been ticking over nicely. Means we can still go to work, still get to interact with other people, which is is quite a big thing. Yeah. No, cool, cool. Happy days. So um, it it wouldn't be a conversation with you without uh, discussing footy, really. Um, I see from the bio you sent me that um, you're managing. Uh, Spartastry. Yeah, Spartastry. Yeah. 
How long have you been doing we're that? The first team now. We, we were a reserve team, and we we got pushed up after the first team that was there disbanded, I suppose. Right. Um, and then yeah, so yeah, we're the first team now. Yeah. Uh, have you? I don't suppose you've got to play much though. Have you? This well, this last sort of year. No, not really. Obviously, first lockdown put an end to it completely. Um, and then we managed to come back September time. We had November off, played a bit in December, and then off again. Yeah, so it's not, you know, it's not a great time to try and play football and that. They don't allow it, do they? No. It's, um, um, it's, it, it is, I think it is a bit mad that they're allowing what they call elite football to continue playing and I've got got the only thought that I've got on that is that perhaps because it's their profession they're allowing them to work if you know what I mean because yeah. they're, not, they're not really getting anything from like the government aren't getting anything from a, apart from maybe the, the TV tax but they're not really getting anything out of the teams playing other than maybe some TV tax and ensuring that people have got something to watch when they're yeah, something to do house. while they're doing their own normal thing. But it's um, it's um yeah, it's a funny one, really. How they, how they, you know, grassroots can't go ahead. Um, although the schools are not in at the moment, as such. Yeah. And I think if the schools are not in, normal normality that most people would find to their day to day, it's not there, is it? Because you're homeschooling the kids at home, you know. Yeah. Um. So grassroots football, as such, kids and adults. If 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 the bars ain't open, should football be, be being played? No, I mean, um, I suppose you have the argument that it's outside, but you're still making physical contact with people, aren't you? And as much yeah. as as much as they, I mean, when my little one was playing for Hereford and for Tupsley, um, as much as they they ask you, you know. A, a, if they had any symptoms and blah blah blah, a lot of the time people don't know they've they've got it when they've got it. Oh, and, correct. Yeah, correct. and also how stringent are people going to be if they just want to go and have a kickabout on a Saturday or Sunday? So perhaps, and the, the grand scheme of it is probably for the best. Yeah, it probably is, mate. It's a shame. It probably though. is. And and like you know, the mainstream, the Premier League, and and what have you. Watching that without a crowd, it ain't quite the same, is it? It's not. And um, I think I was discussing this with some lads at work the other day. I, I g- genuinely think it does affect things. Like the Man United, your Liverpools, Man Cities that are known for how the crowd can affect a game. I think, um, and also there's going to be some players, potentially, I think, that would have played for their teams without any crowd at all for their yeah. first season. But she's got to be weird. Yeah. I mean, you, for example, you sign for Liverpool or you sign for Man United and the, the fierce atmospheres that can come from those grounds. And, you you know, you start again maybe next season and all yeah. of a sudden you get your Man United playing Liverpool away and you've got someone like Fernandez. Not that he's going to, he's not going to be that bothered, but he's not going to have experienced a Man United-Liverpool yeah, that, derby game. That's right, yeah. No, he hasn't, no. And I wonder how much somebody like that would get affected because it's a, an element you've taken away from from the game. I think. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. 
It'd be interesting to see how some of these players do react. You know, like uh, my team, Arsenal, we've had a few signings and you've got the youngsters that now are getting given the chance and they're, they're starting to pull Arsenal out of the hole that they were in. But <laughs> yeah, but how are they going to be when they go to they go to Old Trafford or they go to Anfield or they go to Goodison where, you know, that at the moment they're just, it's like a training game, isn't it? It's not like a training yeah, game, but it is. Yeah. It's it's there's no outside but effect. A lot of the young, a lot of the youngsters are used to do. They used to play in games with no crowds. Yeah, as well. well, or limited crowds. You know. Oh only... yeah, exactly. Like you know, not not mass numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny old thing. Like, well, look at the, how the seasons panned out. You know, you say you're Arsenal, and they they haven't had the best of times recently. No. I'm a Man United fan. We've been rubbish all season. And how we're at the top because (laughs) most of the other teams around there have not been brilliant all season. Liverpool's had their spat. City had their spat a a couple of months ago. Do you know what I mean? They're playing really well now. So, you know, it's one of them. There's not a lot of difference between top and bottom. There really isn't. I was was looking at the table the other day and... I think from um, when you get to sort of 10th, 11th, 12th, they're sort of like six, eight points out of the Champions League spots, which is nothing really, is it? I mean, you Yeah, no, not, not, not considering we're still in end of January. Yeah. Plenty of games left yet. So, um, I was... Uh, I, for, for my listeners, uh, like me and Scotty have been good mates for, for quite a while. And we sort of got to know each other um, through you drinking at the um, Orange Tree and you were drinking with my parents. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that ended up being quite a heavy night and you ended up back at my parents' house and I was obviously yeah, still yeah. living with them. And I was trying to think earlier and I didn't want to ask my dad, didn't want to ask my mum. But um, I seem to believe you rugby tackled one of them because they had a bedroom downstairs. Yeah, that's right. Over their bed. And I, c- I couldn't remember <laughs> whether it was my mum or my dad. It was your mum. It was my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed your mum. Yeah. <laughs> I nailed your mum on their bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Like, well, I was playing for Peggy back then. And yeah. I used to drink with you. I used to drink with your dad. Especially after away games, we'd get back a bit later, and then I'd end up drinking with him in the orange tree a lot. Yeah, <laughs> as it always goes from yeah. my mind, isn't it? Tom, well, Tom the fish. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I remember one evening. I remember one evening. I don't know how many beers I'd had, but I tried keeping up with your dad. I think I, I know this. I must have got, I don't know, maybe got to 11 o'clock and uh, in the middle of the orange tree, I stood there. I saluted him and I just collapsed, foul backwards. Absolutely. <laughs> Good walk, mate. Good walk. Yeah. Um, Good walk. He did me, yeah. He did me. He's done a quite a few people. He did um, <laughs> uh, Pete Williamson on my uh, 18th birthday. Um, I had a party over at the Peggy Club. Had a few friends, family, whatnot, and uh, ended up back at my parents' house again. And my dad had like a war cupboard, which had um, all of his um, different spirits and whatnot in there. 
Yeah. And um, there was uh, Sobo was there, Pete Williamson, um, a couple of my cousins. And to be fair, Willow had been drinking a fair bit and he'd been drinking. He knew my dad from, uh, I think we were playing either Peggy under 18s or Peggy Rezies at the time. Um, so, you know, Will- Willow was quite well known to my dad. My dad was well known to Willow. And I'm pretty sure Willow was in the army at the at the time. I think he just joined. Um, so he was a bit Jack the laddie. And they got onto the whiskey. And my old man said, come on then, if you think you can keep up with me. <laughs> and the thing about my dad is, I've learned over the years, is that he, he can drink a lot, but he does tend to know when to go to bed. Whereas the rest of us don't seem to have that off switch. So Willow was drinking with my old man. And I think he... He did a similar thing. He took a shot. As he took the shot, the rest of his body followed and he ended up sat down on the floor. And I think at that point, my old man was like, right, I'm going to bed. So he went to bed again, bedroom on the downstairs floor. Um, and I think Willow had to, he had to drive back to camp the next day. Uh, but I don't think he had a, a set time. So it wasn't like he was going to be drink, drink driving first thing in the morning. But I was like, Willow, don't bother getting a taxi home. And he crawled from my parents. If you remember that, like back room, it was quite yeah. crawled all the way through the front room, all the way up the stairs. <laughs> it, it took him 10, 15 minutes to get up the stairs. He, uh, there was a mattress on the floor in the spare bedroom and he just sort of collapsed face down with his, <laughs> with his, with his head in a pillow. And he just murmured over his shoulder, he went, Tomo, I'm shipwrecked. And, <laughs> that, that that saying between me and Willow has stayed forever. Like if I see him out, I'm always like shit back tonight, and he was like, "Yeah," and he's always got a big smile on his face, and he always gives it the big finger, and then he and he's off. But yeah, he got done by my old man that night. He, he could <laughs> to take 15 minutes to get up a, a flight of stairs. That's that's pretty pissed. Yeah, oh, I can't remember getting home that night that I that I saluted him. No, but that's class. Um, the salute. Yeah, I just saluted him, collapsed. And then I did make it home eventually, maybe. I'm not sure. Must have. So, Must have. So um, so your other passion's music, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I love it, mate. Yeah, still. Um, still. I think my... Because I can't remember. Where were, we, where were we playing when I used to get a lift with you? Where you lived above a black lion? Yeah, I think so. Where we did you live? You you lived above a black lion, didn't you? I did for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So we were US style then. That that would be it. Yeah. Um, that's right. Because <laughs> we a few times we went back to your flat that was um by Belmont Tesco. Was it a flat by Belmont Tesco's? You had? oh yeah by Tesco's. Yeah, just down the road. Yeah. And I because I always knew you were a bit a bit mad but I didn't realize that um that you were into music that much and at the time I just started playing the guitar and I remember going around to to your place and we'd had pro- probably had a pint after the game went back to yours oh, we had we had a few beers at yours and we both we we had a little bit of a jam and I was quite shocked at how good you were on the guitar and that you were actually just there singing just quite openly because it's always been a thing for me. I don't like singing in front of other people. I just, 
I just don't I, like it. Wait, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I but, wouldn't uh, say I was very good at it. I wouldn't say I was very good at it. I don't I just, know. I just I know. just try and do it, like. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a little bit of a jam and a bit of a sing song, um, and we sort of. I don't think we realised that both of us like the chilies so much because you've got a tattoo oh. on you. Uh, no, I think my brother, my brother's got a chili when yeah, I, I've not got a chili. You've got Zeppelin, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got those nice. Yeah, there's a Zeppelin one. Um, so how did that come about then? With Because uh, you played in a few bands and that. Because it's not the, the sort of typical footballer thing, is it, to be into music and quite happy to get up on stage and have a sing song? It's usually one or the other, isn't it? People usually yeah, choose. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I got to about seventeen, and I thought oh, I'm probably going to learn. I learned bass guitar first of all. Yeah. Um, through a guy who was in another band that I used to follow and watch a bit. Um, bless him. <laughs> and uh, he had a few lessons off him, and I started playing bass. And then one of my mates played guitar. Got another lad in singing, and it just progressed. Some of those guys weren't able to perform, so then we got other people come along. Remember Matt Goodall? Yeah, I know Matt Goodall. So Matt was like one of our second, maybe third guitarist. Um, Morphy was a drummer. Right. No Morph, Paul Clark? Mm, no, I don't think Top so. Bloke, anyway. And yeah, and it just progressed, and we just went along, swapping people here and there. People left. We maybe didn't think that people were. I went a cup of tea, do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and the band just went along, mate. Just went along, tickled along, played some good gigs. What sort of genre did you do? Um, I suppose, because we were coming off the back of the indie scene, we all love Zeppelin and Sabbath and stuff, so we were quite heavy, yeah, rock, like heavy indie rock, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit punky. I suppose over nine years, you change yourself a little bit. Yeah. As you go along, you know, and you just, I suppose you get better at things. And yeah, it's good. It was good. It was good. It was hard. Being in a band is hard. It's like having a second family. Yeah. So I suppose like we had William in 2008, whatever, you know, it, it, I backed off it before, before the kids were born, really. So that was my family, I suppose, at, at one point. Yeah. What was the band's name? Um, <clears throat> yeah, a few names. One of them was uh, Nature's Way was one of the first ones. But one of the first ones when we started getting good, when we, you know, good enough for other people to really listen to us. Yeah. Um, and I got that name from an air freshener <laughs> in a bathroom. In a bathroom. It was called Nature's Way. And we was getting hassle off somebody some lady who had the booth and she really wanted us to have a name to put on the flyers. So, uh, yeah, Nature's Way. Nature's <laughs> Way. Yeah. Bone Swayer was one of them. Bone Swayer. That sounds, yeah. that sounds like a metal band. Yeah, we weren't metal. We were quite heavy, heavy rock. Dirt, it was dirty music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, good times though, mate. Yeah, good times. Like, Loads of practice, practice for hours because it was all our own stuff. Right, so you very didn't do any covers? Uh, very rarely. Like the problem being, 
locally, if we were playing a gig in Hereford, you'd get away with playing an hour of your own stuff and try and play 40-odd minutes of, of some covers mixed in. Right. Um, it was very rare. Like, if you got a gig at the jailhouse or something like that, that was fine. You could go and play a whole set of your own stuff. Um, but, yeah, pubs were a little bit, you know, they, they wanted people to get up and dance, I suppose, didn't they? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're singing your own stuff, they don't know it. You get, it's, it's you know. I saw a, uh, a cracking yeah. band in um, Cardiff. Um, they were supporting Liam Gallagher, a band called Trampoline. Uh, they did all of their own stuff. Um, it was it was just a, a drummer, a bassist, and a guitarist who did the who did the vocals Please, as well. Yeah. They were fantastic, and um, they they obviously they were there supporting Liam, so they they literally did their their own songs. But I felt like I knew. But after the first chorus, you knew the you knew the words. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. it was brilliant. And, and they were Swansea boys as well in Cardiff, so they were getting some sort of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they announced it as well after the first song it came out and everybody was like oh this is class and they went yeah we're from a, a small town called Swansea yeah. and they, they, literally <laughs> the, the whole the whole of this Cardiff arena was just like you jack bastards you jack bastards you awesome but it, was, it, was, it was good they, you know it wasn't hostile but it was um, just a bit of banter proper sort of thing banter yeah proper banter mate so um one of the questions I got was from um, a guy you probably know a little bit. It's a guy called Ian Cook. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Cookie. Um, oh, hello, Ian. <laughs> uh, let me find it. What did he say? Um, youth football now versus when you're a kid. Has it changed for the better? Youth football? Yeah. No, youth football is not better now than what it was when I was a kid. And the main reason for that is they separated the age groups in boys' football anyway. I know girls is different because Arabella only stopped playing this season. Um, so girls' football, they still play the same setup that you and I probably played when we were young, where if you played under 12s, you had two years of it. Yeah. Um, now you have under 11s, under 12s, under 13s, under yeah. 14s in boys football. Um, so you, there's that progression stage with kids that I believe they all need to learn it, especially when they get to secondary school age. There's a winner and there's a loser. And yeah. that taking part, that taking part thing is totally, you know, you're either good enough for the A team or you play in the B team. Yeah. Not, do you know what I mean? And and so they don't have that year where they're playing the older kids. And they're pushing them around, getting them ready for the next season where they're the older kids and they're starting to push them around and getting stuck in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And that and that's missing. That that's totally missing from junior football. Um, so I do think it's different. Wouldn't say whether it's for better or for worse. I Who think, knows? I think um, for me, me watching my little one play. Um, at times, there, I mean, she's struggled because she's. Cause I'm not sure with the girls' football whether they do it off their age or their school year. Um, but she's like one of the eldest in her school year, 
So she's she spent time in, yeah, yeah. in like four or five different teams over the last sort of eight years that she's been playing. She's never been able to settle because she's constantly the wrong age for this. So she has to go down a year playing against. She's the eldest. Like this year, she's the, yeah. the one of the younger ones. But yeah, I, I don't know where she gets it from. She's she's quite a big kid. She's she's probably well. She's taller than my mum now. She's thirteen. Oh, okay. Um, and she's not afraid to. I mean, she's always been a physical kid. She grew up in my gym. Do you know what I mean? She she knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, what I will say uh, on the whole, what I do like um, with the girls' football that I've seen, what they do with them at, at Tapsley, is they get them enjoying playing football. Yeah, and they're not like. The one thing I will say about taking away the the winning and losing, which I don't agree with, but what it does do, the the self expression at times that you see, because they're not afraid, it doesn't matter. They'll just yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're going to get a generation of very skillful players, but I also think you've taken away the the bits. Me and Biffo were talking about this the other day. That the bits that like I was good at, you were certainly good at. Biff was always good at that physical side of it where playing against the older kids or knowing that if you make a mistake, it's going to cost you the game. Yeah. Um, taking that away, you're, you're potentially, well, you can see it in the Premier League, you're losing yeah. a certain type of player, which has always been a great thing to have in any team. Like, Nobody wanted to be on the receiver. I mean, and they were still good players like Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira, um, even Zidane to a certain degree, one of the most skillful players of all time. Yeah, still, yeah, still yeah. put himself, still put himself about. And I think, I mean, I don't know if it's better or worse. I don't know if it's like a nostalgic thing because I wasn't the most flamboyant player of all time, but I could get by in most teams by just biting down and sticking a boot in here or there. And uh, that was applauded back then. Whereas now it seems like you'd sort of be shunned for doing that because what you see on the telly of defending seems to be becoming less and less of a thing. And it seems to be more, yeah, more about being TV friendly. And, you know, I mean, Wenger started all of this with the Premier League, didn't he? Ferguson adapted to it. Jose tried to reverse reverse it back but even hit like even look at his Spurs team I mean a cracking football team at times yeah points of play yeah yeah but you don't like name me a harm bad in the Premier League now or in, in any league you got Zlatan yeah, Zlatan will still stir up a few <laughs> like Kim Lukaku yeah the other yeah. night call it in yeah they call his mum a donkey or something like that yeah, yeah. Go, go and do your voodoo magic with your mum. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Is that racist? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I wouldn't have a clue, but hey, he said it. Yeah, he don't give a fuck to these that time. Nah, not oh. one bit, mate. Not one bit. But like then, I suppose, like you say, he's a dying breed of a footballer like that as such. Yeah, because you don't really even see. I mean, I think the closest to like even at like a a chopsy player would be someone like Deli Ali, and he ain't even get 
getting and he he's more annoying he's more like just sort of niggling at somebody and trying to draw fouls he's, do you know what I mean he's not he's yeah like, he, he, yeah I know I know what you're saying about him yeah because <clears throat> he'll still I'm get under slag, I'm not going to slag him off mate I never met yeah. him no. <laughs> 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 you, let's put it this way if it was you and I playing against him for US Harold one of us would have been told just shut him up at some point I would have had him in the handshake mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I don't know if you remember this but uh, I think it was the first time you and I played together and it was at Peggy um, and I think for some reason I, I can't think why but I think my old man had some influence in you coming back to Peggy but I don't know if that's true but we were playing in in the resis or at the leisure centre and I th- yeah, I think it was my old man. And I think he was managing the resis at the time. I can't think where you'd been playing or you might not, um, you might have been taking a break at the time. But um, I remember that it, we were playing against Sutton, I think it was. No, we weren't at the Ledger Centre. We were at Sutton. Uh, you were at Sutton when you hit the corner and I called yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're lucky I didn't clip your ear, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking revving at that point. Uh, that was my header. That would have been top bins. Yeah, it would have been. And I put it over the bar, didn't I? Was Phil Bevan involved? Phil was about, was yeah. So I got a feeling, um, wasn't it? There was a, a cup quarter final or something. And um, I hadn't signed Hereford Forms for anyone. And Phil Bevan phoned me and said, I got a cup quarter final. I need a centre back. Wellington, wasn't it? Pardon? Was it a Wellington? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and um, so he signed me on and I turned up, played, and then obviously I played the rest of that season. I just played for Phil and I think your old man was involved. Um, and then the following season, Biff went to the first team so I, and he asked me to go there. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that header. I remember you t- you heading that ball and putting it wide. Yeah, it was either wide or over the bar. <laughs> but, was, but the funny thing is, because because we, we hadn't had anybody that was particularly dominant in the air. So me at like okay. at five eight, I'm I'm not I'm not actually that bad in the air. I can jump high. Yeah, you're, so, you're a decent header, mate. Yeah. So it was quite common for me to be getting on the end of corners, and I think. For, for the resis, that's where I got most of my goals from, was from corners or set pieces, Get just getting, getting in, because it was surprising yeah. people, because I was still quite quite young then, so I wasn't known for like winning the ball in the air. Um, so I think it came as a bit of a shock to me. I, I remember you calling. And I, <laughs> I must have been like a player in front of you. So, yeah, yeah, probably. If I'd left it, that would have been at the right trajectory. I mean, what are you, about 6-1? Six, 6-2, six, 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 yeah. Six, two. So that would have been perfect for you. Me stretching, it's just gone... <laughs> you're flying over the bar. And yeah, you know, I remember that. I do remember that. It's funny how you remember little things from... So, from, from a, you play so many football matches. Yeah. And I mean so many matches when you think about it. Um, yeah, you remember some funny things, don't you? You yeah. really do remember some funny things like Defo. That, that, that's the main one that sticks out in my head 
of of playing playing with you. Um, but we had some we had some cracking games out of Harold as well. Oh yeah, great team then, mate. Yeah, it's a great team. And real good team then. Did, did we win the league when you were there? Um, yeah, I was there for seven seasons. I was there for quite a while, but I, I went. I was twenty three. I went there. I literally went there the week that Biff got sacked from Peggy. Um, we had, we got a text off Biff saying that he was leaving and whatever. And literally, yeah, I remember. Probably three hours after that, I had Mark Tab on the phone asking if I'd transfer, but I hadn't signed Hereford form, so he could just sign me straight on. Yeah, because I, I, I went out I to went, Prestine yeah. first with Robbie. Yeah. Um, and more or less straight after I had Mark in my ear, but I stayed out there for a while. Um, and then, then I went back. Yeah, it was after Biffo. That was the first time I left Peggy, I think. But yeah, it was. That was definitely, that was the first time I left. Um, and I did go back to Peggy afterwards. Um, after that, that was probably about good six or seven seasons at, I went, I went to Fauno for about 10 games. Good. It was all right, but at the time, the, the squad wasn't particularly strong. And oh, that was a frustrating time when you used to play in sort of Hellenic League. Then you go out to Prestine, that's, you know, it's a decent level. I played with like, there was two ex-Welsh internationals playing, do you know what I mean? In that Prestine side. Um, I think it was two, might have been one. Um, and back at Harold then, winning stuff. I think I think I left Harold for a little bit when when Rob went to Harold. Because um, yeah, managerial uh, managerially being, I mean I, I like Rob, but managerially, I just don't see eye to eye with some of the things that he does. Yeah, no, I and, I, I understand that. I that when Rob come there, I played a few probably probably. I don't know. I played a few games for the first team and I wasn't enjoying it. So I went down to the reserve side. Me and Rob Chandler did. Chani. Yeah, yeah. I love Chani. We played 16 games each and we both scored 26 goals on the last day of the season. We're playing someone like Lads Club Reserves and Rob Chan did his thing all the way down the wing, took everyone on, cut across the 18-yard box and he had a clear shot at goal. And he passed it and I had a tap in. So I, I got the top goal scorer, 27 goals. And, and we won the league. The reserves won the league that year. Like. Um, yeah, I never forget that. Love Chani, mate. Proper camp as a row of tents, that boy. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> legend, of a, legend of a footballer. Like, passed. Couldn't believe it. It passed. And, and then when I got the top scorer award, I, I gave it to him. At the, at the oh, nice touch. Club, like, because he he, he he had a clear shot, mate. He should, he should have shot. But he passed. And I put it in. So we won a league. You know, happy days. Yeah. Great years. Great years. Seven great years, Harold. Yeah, I loved I loved playing football for you as Harold. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Tommy and that. Top yeah. draw. J- Terps in goal. It was a strong side when Terps was in goal. Yeah. To be um, fair, yeah, it was good days. 
Had old Strachan there for a while. Strachan, Pete Lamb. Yeah. What a player, Pete Lamb. I played with some great players. Bless him. Yeah. Bless his soul, mate. What, um, um, what happened there? I, I, I just saw a few things on social media, but I didn't have anybody really to contact to find out what, what happened. Just a really just a really nasty accident, mate. Right. Um, yeah, just a nasty accident. They was on their way back from fishing. They stopped to have a piss on the side of the road and um, got wiped out by a vehicle. So it's yeah, really oh, tragic, really hell. tragic. That is awful. Tragic. Yeah. Horrendous. Quite got him and his brother. Steve, yeah. Quite yeah. what I said, I got scars on my shins from Steve, like. Yeah. Good player though. Yeah, quality, mate. Yeah, real good. What a battler, centre midfield. You talk about your Roy Keynes, he was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, total battler, like. Good player. Um, I'm trying to think who else we had. Um Willie Lindsay, quality. Yeah. Um Rob Cooper Tompkins. Were yeah, you brilliant, mate? Were you playing in the game against Faunope when Rob got his teeth smashed out? Yeah, I was, yeah. With, the, with that yeah, lad, the lad that was um, over from Africa and he got deported like two <laughs> days later. <laughs> we oh, all went... Rob Cooper, you know, Rob Cooper, he was the army captain of the yeah. football team for the army, like the the main football team, captain yeah. for like a decade or so. Or so. Yeah. Still involved with it. Top bloke, mate. Yeah, what what a guy. Like, what a player. Cracking player. Um, I should imagine he's older than you and younger than me. I don't know. Um, Rob's yeah, younger, what, Rob's what younger than me, I think. I think he's a year younger than me. Is he? Yeah. Why? Because him and Matty North are no, the same school year, aren't they? Yeah, they probably are, yeah. Norts is still playing. Played against him this year. Oh, right. Still out well, of my, my adult team, Bartsby first team, played against him. Obviously, I don't play now. I'm too old. Uh, but yeah, still at Harold, mate. Yeah, yeah. Has uh, has Biffo contacted yeah. you about this um, this tour he's on about doing? Uh, not directly, but I'm. He knows and I know. Yeah. Yeah. He um he I'm asked sure me get... he asked me on the <laughs> on the last episode and I I was like yeah I'm in I'm in. I I'd, I'd give that a whirl. I'll be a I'll be the water boy, kit man or something. Well, you could be his number two. You've got the managerial uh, experience now, haven't you? You could be player coach. <laughs> managerial experience, yeah. <laughs> um, do you get the, the same sort of kick out of footy being on the sidelines as you did when you were playing? Uh, that's a difficult question. Um no, is the answer. No. Because if I kick someone in the dugout, they don't like it. Yeah, Biffo said kick the same on thing. The pitch, they don't like it, but it's just, you know. Yeah, yeah but... so it's not the same. And, and I used to love training. As a player, I can hate training. And, you know, I would go if I wasn't working away. I would go, I'd do it. Not a massive fan of training. But as a manager, not playing on a Saturday, training was great kicking my team on a, on a Wednesday night, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, so I miss training. Don't miss playing so much now. Body couldn't take it, but it's not the same kick, mate. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, you say about the body not taking it. Like I consider myself still in pretty good shape and 
uh, a week or two ago, um, I was I was just finished like homeschooling with Georgie and whatnot, and I, I think it was homeschooling or it was something. She she'd been in her room all day, um, you know the whole Xbox thing and being, oh, on yeah. the, being on the iPad and I mean they're getting contact with their friends, which is great, but. Yeah, I went up to a room and was like, you haven't been out for a week. You've literally been in, in your room, more or less, which is not her fault because that's where she does her homeschooling because the, the school does it all, basically what we're doing now. Um, yeah. And I was like, come on, we'll we'll go have a kick about. And she, like, she rolled her eyes and I said to her, what's the matter? She, funny thing. So you... You've met my dad, haven't you? You know him quite well. He's quite an obsessive person, isn't he? Yeah. He um his his new favorite thing is golf. He's back playing golf again. And okay. when I say he's obsessed with golf, I mean he's got himself a computer that he puts behind himself. And it, <laughs> it gives him all of the analytics of every swing that he takes. He then comes home and tells me about it. I don't give a flying fuck about golf. I never have. I just can't. It's a great way to ruin a good walk, I think. Um, and he'd asked George twice in the day. He was like, do you want to come and watch me play golf? And George was like, George is very much like me. She literally looked at him and went, no. <laughs> I, I, I can think of nothing I want to do less than watch my 70-year-old man-child swing a golf club like no i don't want to do that um he then got home asked her if she wanted to take the dogs out for a walk with him and she was like grumpy i literally have just finished doing my school work no i don't so i then like 10 minutes later was like come on going for a kickabout she was like for fuck's sake like (laughs) because you just leave me alone but anyway i got her to go um uh, by foley street you know by Uh, that little field with a goalpost. So yeah, yeah. I remember. Literally, literally just did a bit of a crossbar challenge. I've been trying to get, like, she is, she's a very skillful player. She's got great vision. Striking of the ball is probably one of her less skillful attributes. So just yeah. been trying, trying to, over the last sort of year, get her to, because she, she's a strong girl. And if she connects with the ball, like she scored a goal for Tupsley, Talk about top bins. It did the, the perfect thing where it, it just clips the underside of the bar from outside nice. of the from outside of the box and she just laces through it, ping. So I'm like, right, you can obviously do it. So we need to practice practice. So we're just doing that, going then, knocking long balls, um, teaching how to whip whip crosses in and whatnot. All good, had a great time. Gave her a Malibu and Coke because she's 13 now, and I think you know. You can have a little reward. She thought that was brilliant. Next day, I was at work and I was like, "Fuck me, my legs are killing me." I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've done an hour of legs in the gym. They were ki- we weren't even like running about or tackling each other. I've got this um, this charity game coming up with my brother, which I don't know if he's contacted you at all. But we're playing against Spurs um, yeah, yes. down in Maidstone and. I'm shitting it a bit now. I'm going to have to start really training. Because <laughs> I was shocked. Like like I said, I keep myself in pretty good shape. I still go to the gym. 
haven't been able to go to the gym, so still get the kettlebells out and whatnot. For fucking, like, literally an hour of just kicking the ball around. And I was hurting in, like, r- real weird areas that you forget that it hurts when you're, when you're playing. <laughs> you just say, oh, it's got a bit of a, a niggle. Like, the inside of your thigh. That just down from the groin. It's like, why is that hurting? Oh, because I'm kicking. And I haven't warmed up and I haven't done any stretching. And Different I'm... than a 15-year-old gym sock, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget I'm... I'm basically two years off 40, so grow up, Darren. <laughs> I'm two years past 40, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it catches up with you real quick. Oh, I know. It is real quick when it comes. Like. So, um, but th- this was a question. I think it was from, Co- I think Cookie sent me about three or four different questions. I think oh, yeah. It, I think it was Cookie. Cookie's Has he retired? Has he got loads of spare time now? Oh, uh, I so his his daughter is going out with one of my best mates, and is she any good? <laughs> well, I I wouldn't like to say live, mate. But, um, Brilliant. Um, she she just the story she comes out with about Cookie it, it is exactly the same as the stories we'd come out about Cookie. I think I think I think he's retired. Yeah, I think. I think he's like semi-retired. I think he still does bits and bobs. But um, from what I could hear, he, he still loves a beer. Oh, Cookie was class, wasn't he? How class was Cookie after a game in a temple bar? In a temple bar, he'd be stood there with a rollie in his hand. No, not a rollie. He'd have a he'd have one of those rubbish cigarettes, wouldn't he? Like embassy. Silk cuts. Silk cuts, that's it. He'd have his silk cut. <laughs> He'd have his silk cut in his hand and he'd get fucking para, wouldn't he? Because he'd always get, like, if he was drinking, he'd have a lift home. And he'd always be like, like Tommy Taylor was like, come on then, Cookie, have one more, have one more. And he was like, no, Tom, no, Tom, no, Tom. Tommy was a bad egg, mate, for having one more. I fucking know he was, mate, because he quite often Tom- gave me lifts home. Yeah, Tommy was a bad egg for having one more. Just one more. You would have one more. <laughs> um, but uh, Cookie said, let me find it actually, because I don't want to. I don't want to um, ruin it. Don't upset him. Get it wrong. So, as usual on this podcast, there has been a technical difficulty. It happens every single time. Um, I was gonna gonna bring up um, Cookie's question, wasn't I? Yeah, that's right. But I've just seen that Joe Taylor has um, sent me a question, or it's uh, I put stories or questions. So I wanted to know if anybody had any stories. So Joe Taylor has put, will always remember his famous post-match war cry of "Let's fuck 'em dry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that as well. <laughs> Fucking dry. I, it's pretty much the same now. When I when I do my team talk with my team now, I turn fuck them in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a bit of an ongoing thing that makes a couple of them laugh. Like, yeah, it's fucking dry. I remember that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Still trying to find because it, it was quite a good question, but I just don't want to fuck it up and get. Uh, 
I remember, I remember we uh, when we was at Peggy, Biff manager, and we were away. We were somewhere like um, Coventry or somewhere daft, and uh, the atmosphere in the change room was real down. We hadn't had a good result for a while, and you know, Biff was he's going on on a bit, and then the change room went really, really quiet. And I sort of stood up in front of everyone and I said, I know what the problem is. And everyone's listening. <laughs> and I said, the price of pork has gone up too much. You're all worried about what you're going to eat for your Sunday roast. Like, and then just sat back down. And the whole place, mate, just looked at me. No one laughed. No one did anything. <laughs> and it took a little while for it to settle in. And then a couple of them, Steve Orbs and that, sniggling, like laughing a bit. <laughs> but yeah. I know there's outbursts in the changing room. Love the dressing room, mate. The changing room, love the changing room. Yeah, miss, best, I miss the Best place room. in the world. Miss the dressing room. You know. I get, I, yeah. I've been asked by a few people, do you, do you miss playing footy? Would you do like a, would you join the Veterans League and, and, and stuff like that? So the main thing I miss is the dressing room. Like I was saying to Biff um, yeah. on the last episode, stuff like the fines, getting just like, yeah. Just getting dug out by your by your teammates just for anything. And it like could be anything. Some somebody turning up with like like now it would be can you imagine like the first first person in a dressing room that we were part of turning up in skinny jeans. Oh man. And, ju- and just being ripped constantly. I mean <laughs> we, we didn't know that, that was gonna be something that was Gonna eventually, that's what everybody wears. But at the yeah, t- yeah, the yeah. first person that comes in, or yeah. somebody a bit flash and they've shaved a fucking line in their eyebrow, and just ripping them, or like turning, <laughs> up, t- turning up with dirty boots. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. And I said um, that was that was sort of the shame in sort of the lads that came after me. If you know what I mean, like. The, the likes of yeah, yeah. me, Robbie Chandler, uh, Rob Cooper Tompkins, Matty Nortz, um, all, all Strachan. We were all still up for having a few beers, but the lads were two, three years younger than me. Like it, it, it sort of stopped then. It, yeah, changed. It was, it was, yeah. They'd go and they'd have a Coke and have their curry, and then they, they, they'd go out. Go straight away. Yeah. And that, that was. It's a bit of a shame, really, because I don't know if I, I... I probably got the twilight of it, but things like turning up like after going all the way down to Abingdon or somewhere like that and still having your Peggy tracksuit on and to go into dusk or play or the jailhouse in your Peggy tracksuit being absolutely para and then and then getting the shit for it because you'd be drinking for two, three hours on the bus on the way back. The amount of fines I used to have to pay for not wearing a Peggy tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you refuse? Well, I used to wear ripped jeans and a corduroy jacket, like <laughs> <laughs> a pair of Converse All Stars. Yeah. I was a singer in a band, mate. Yeah. Fucking tracksuits. What the fuck? <laughs> to be fair, the Peggy tracksuit that rings true to my mind is the shiny one from um, when I was probably 16 and I signed from Westfields and Trevor Jones used to wear it. And I swear to God, I've seen him over the last like three or four years still wearing that Peggy. No way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Made to last mate. It was obviously, you know, it's a decent, decent one. Like, 
at the time it was it, it was it was quite quite the thing to have was a either a Peggy or a Westfield tracksuit going into town, but it was a good good surefire way to get into a bit of trouble after <laughs> after drive well especially if it was like under 18s so you you'd go play football on a Wednesday um in Birmingham or wherever I can't even remember what league we were in I mean closest was Worcester that we would play but then it was um student night at Maryland's wasn't it on a Wednesday yeah yeah Just rock up in your tracksuit and your white trainers All right let's have it <laughs> I've only been drinking for the minimum of an hour already on a bus with a load of other people getting getting para so yeah it was um a, a few drinky times in a, in a tracksuit actually uh, I'm not sure if I'm proud of that or not but it did happen. <laughs> it did happen, and I was there. That's what life was like, mate. Yeah, that's what life was like. Did you ever do the the Peggy Twenty Two pub crawl? I don't know. Not like uh, not that I can not that I can remember. I, not that I can remember. I'll, I'll tell you a story about that then. So, um, I was always the, one of the younger players to be in the first team at the time when sort of Martin Powell, Apo, um, Greener was off playing in Wales, I think, at the time. But like Hodgie was there, Mark Davis, um, Alex Hunt, um, trying to think about Simo, Mike Simmons. Um, and we went on a 22 pub crawl and we had to dress up for the night. And it was like 70s, I think, 60s, 70s, something like that. And I had some outrageous outfit on. And we did the 22. And that's the one thing that I'll always be proud of is that every 22 pub crawl, the first one, I had a little bit of help off my old man. And so did oh, fuck, uh, Ben Williams, uh, Whisper's son. Um, we had a little bit of help the first time we got to Saxty's and they got is it Leffe? Leffy? That that blonde beer, yeah. like beer, yeah. And literally started drinking it. And I think my old man at the time, because I think we were, might have been 17, we might not quite have been 18. And he obviously noticed that me and me and Ben were struggling. So he um <laughs> he he drank ours for us. Um but I've managed every 22 pub crawl I've ever done, um, albeit with a little bit of help on the first first one from from. I mean, I remember being in JDs and like thinking I was cross-eyed. I was that pissed, couldn't see anything. I still, it's a weird thing because you only drink half pints usually. Yeah. So, so you can manage a half pint, can you? Anyone can. And all it's the changing of the pubs. It's going yeah, in between the pubs and all fucking hell, yeah. all of a sudden. But um, the one year we had to dress up and I remember being in the Crystal Rooms. I think it was on a, well, it would have been on a Saturday. Crystal Rooms on a Saturday. So it was, um, it was a weird one because the Crystal Rooms is always a big one on a Friday when they had the big DJs in. Saturday was always like cheesy music and stuff. Being in there, absolutely hammered. Bollocks. And there was only, there was only about six of us that made it there because I think Paula and a few others got in trouble with um, Ellie Bridges for being like hammered at the Peggy Club. So we went 
a few of us went to to the rooms got hammered next thing i know like genuinely i remember going into the rooms i remember oh, I, I got a pint of guinness for no reason because i'll have a guinness every now and again but not after 11 pints or 22 half pints plus going back to the peggy club and drinking whatever the fuck we were there with our beer tokens and we got at the end of the game had a pint of guinness next thing it's like five o'clock in the morning. I'm wandering around going, where the fuck it, where the fucking hell am I? I'm in Lempster. <laughs> I'm in Lempster with about 15 quid in my arse pocket, dressed in my 70s outfit. <laughs> now bear in mind, you're probably the same as me. I've never had a good experience in Lempster. Every time I've played football in Lempster, I've I've eaten. Every time I've played football in Lempster, Kenny Styles has punched me. Remember Kenny? Yeah, I only played against him once and I played with him once. But yeah, I know who he is. Like. Yeah, he, every game I played against him because I'd quite often either play right back or I'd be the centre back. I'd be, I'd be your, I'd be your legs as as a centre back. You'd yeah. be there. You'd be there to be the meat, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be the bread around the sandwich, sort of thing. And yeah. every every time I played, got punched. So I'm walking around dressed as an absolute screaming thundercunt. I had a medallion on, a medallion in the middle of Lempster. Shitting myself. And I didn't even, like, I don't know Lempster. I know where the football pitch is. But I don't know where anything else is. So I was at Morrison's. Guess what I see through the window in Morrison's? A fucking telephone pole. Was through the window and I was like oh, fuck I'm not in the right place here at all that's genuine as well I genuinely there was a, a telephone pole through the fucking window of Morrison's and I remember thinking right I do remember seeing Morrison's on the way in at some point on a trip to Lempster and then I noticed the railway sign get there because it, it's a Sunday now there's there's trains every like three hours and I was like oh mate it's like it's starting to get light now randomly some bloke there he was like all right mate where are you going I was like Hereford he went do you want to jump it oh, fucking brilliant yeah take me home <laughs> <laughs> I got a lift back I got I didn't want to take him all the way to where I lived so I got him to drop me off by the colleges and I walked home dressed like a like I said like a screaming thunder cunt in an my 70s pickup and a medallion. Nice. But yeah, that was that do you know, I don't I feel like they don't do that anymore. No, no, they're not the same. These young lads that come through the football, mate, they're not the same. Like you know, my bunch at Barter Street, great bunch, top, top guys. Um but yeah, the 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 commitment, the team. It's not it's not the same. It's not it's not the same. Yeah. It's different it's difficult. Like what what I've got at Bart Street, you know, it's great. I love it. Group chat's well funny, like proper some of it's a bit close to the mark and all, but good humour, like real good stuff. Um and we didn't have them group chats when we were no. footballers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that would, that would always come out on a Saturday. Line and then your mum would say, so-and-so's phone, you've got to go and play football here on Saturday. But, um, yeah, they changed, mate. I couldn't imagine 
we have some good nights out on the pop and some stories come back from it, believe me. But um yeah, no, not waking up in Leinster in 70s gears, mate. I couldn't no. probably not a lot of sides out there now that would um do what we used to do, like. No, and it's a bit of a shame because I I felt like when I got to the age where it was me. I don't want to call it picking on the younger players. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but it, it sort of is, isn't it? You, you've you've earned your right of passage. You've you've played for a few years. You've you've established yourself, and then you get the youngsters coming through, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember when I was your age, and I got fucking hammered by every single one of the first team at some point. But there was always that player, like Mark Davis, was always one for me. Davo at Peggy. Um. He'd always make sure I was all, always sorted. Simo was always good. And Scott Jackson, when he was back at Peggy. I'd, look, I think by the time you and I um, started playing together, we were... Uh, well, you were already established, obviously, but I think I, I was at an age where... I mean, I said to Biff, I'd, I'd been playing local men's football since I was 14. I played alongside Gary Stevens and Ian Rogerson for fuck's sake at, at Westfield. Um but um I just had a great thought actually. This is this is how this podcast goes sometimes. Just <laughs> um the season one of the seasons we won the league we had have to do after um end of season two US Arrow Village Hall. I can almost guess by the look on your face, you know which one I'm talking about. So those I'm gonna have... say, I'm gonna say <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't an end of season do. I'm gonna say it was something to do with a Christmas do. It might have been a Christmas do. It, it might was, um, we it had was get... like a Christmas do. We got a minibus, didn't we? And I was on a stage. Oh yeah. Right. So <laughs> for, yes. for the likes of Joe Taylor, um, Ian Cook, um, trying to think anybody else that's reached out that um, played out at Harold's at the time. I don't think there is anybody else. But um, we we had a do, didn't we, out of the Village Hall? And, yeah, it was it was a, do, yeah. and it was an odd one for me because you as Harold um, sort of, for me, revolved around the recce ground which is where us Harold's football pitch is but there's a park and and a fucking brook that i've been in way too many <laughs> times um there's a cricket pitch there and then like literally a couple of minutes walk you got the temple bar and you got the dog you got mailers butchers and you got a chippy to me that's us Harold. i didn't even know where the fucking village hall was why would I? Like, I literally, I, do you know what I mean? I, li I don't come from USR, but I I spent enough time there to, I should have known there was a village hall. So we go to this village hall anyway, and the drinks were flowing, to be fair, weren't they? <laughs> we, get to, we get to a certain point in the night, and every, there's not a sober person in US Harold because everybody that lives in US Harold is in this building. <laughs> and this literally was everyone in US Harold, wasn't it? Yeah, there's <laughs> even, even the old boys that um, used to stand on the sideline that none of us knew, but they knew us. 
you remember those guys? Yeah. They'd have walking yeah, sticks. Yeah, I love them blokes, mate. And, and top they'd, blokes. They'd like, wave, top they'd blokes. Wave their walking sticks at you. And they, they knew yeah. who you were. I had no fucking idea who they were. But they'd be like, Tomo! Like, fucking hell. Well, if Gerald over there is telling me what to... So even yeah, there, love... even there in, in the village. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I think, was it me, you, and Strachan? We... We got into some sort. We, for some reason, we, we were. I don't think we were drinking anything silly, but we were drinking quick. I think the three yeah, of us. Like, hey, mate, could have been anything, couldn't it? Yeah, we could I have don't... had a bottle of absinthe in our pockets. Who fucking knows? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't think, but we def. Um, but like a little bit of time passes. I go to the loo. I come back, and you're on the stage. And you've got Superman briefs on, I believe. Is it Super Superman, Spider Man, something like that? Some possibly, sort of, mate. Yeah, some sort of cartoon, but just in your briefs. And I was like, "What yeah. the fuck happened?" Two minutes ago, we were drinking pints. Now Scotty's up on the stage, basically naked, in Superman pants. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, it, it sort of it, it all calmed down. We got a. A, a minibus back and <laughs> we basically we overcrowded the minibus there was not enough room in said minibus for all of us so you were basically where the luggage should go if you remember mm-hmm. and I think I think I'm getting this story right that we had to pull over because it's quite a drive from you as old when you've had a few beers, especially that amount of beers, when you've been on, when you've been on the rip, literally all, all evening and you're driving back from USL, that drive is so long. (laughs) I think we got to somewhere. Oh God. So. Maybe by by Locks Garage or somewhere like that. I think it was a bit further than Locks Garage because there was phone signal. I remember there being phone signal because I was trying to ring you. <laughs> and the reason I was trying to ring you is because you'd let yourself out of the back of the bus when we stopped to have a wee <laughs> and you decided you were walking home. <laughs> I couldn't fucking find you anywhere. And like certain people like that, that's, that's your boys, isn't it? It's like, I'm not leaving. I need to know where the fucking hell Scotty is. It was on like a fucking Nokia or something anyway. So it's not like an iPhone when it tells you when you've got signal. You're, yeah. you're literally looking at this Nokia going, oh God, will it ring? Will it ring? And once you get like close to Madly, you start getting signal again, don't you? And I think, I'm pretty sure you walked, I, I think you walked home. Probably, mate, yeah. And I think I spoke to, <laughs> I think I spoke to you the next day and you're like, yeah, yeah, I just walked home. That's fucking miles. Jade was in the minibus. Yes, she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I why I, I think that's maybe why I was ringing you. I was like, I'll sort it, Jade. <laughs> I've, I've, I've known Jade for a long time. I was like, yeah. Because she wasn't happy about you being in your pants on the stage, if I remember oh, rightly. Wow. Which, hey, might, which might have been why you got out of the back of the minibus. To be fair, though, she used to be a nightmare for it. She used to like tease me and say, God, get up there, get, get stand on that table and take all your clothes off and that. She'd be hammered, you know. 
two bottles of wine deep and she'd be like, oh, fuck it, go on, get there, get all your clothes off, get everyone dancing and that. Fucking hell, the amount of times I've fucking been kicked out of places for getting naked just to please my <laughs> wife. It's <a> real, man. <laughs> Things you do for love, eh? Yeah. I think um, that, that sort of... Um, that reminds me of uh, a time with my brother in play. He's not long been in the Raff Reg. And I just jokingly went, go on, mate, naked bar. And he was like, you cunt. <laughs> so, so he did. And I, I knew this was a had to be a thing from hanging around with like Matty Norts and um, like Ferg and people like that. Because it's almost like a, a bro code, isn't it? When they're in the forces, certain things they can't, they, they can't not do it. They have to keep face. So he did. And seeing my brother, well, he got down to his boxers, should we say, and then bouncers swarmed him. And Sean, in the middle of play nightclub, was fighting with bouncers in his boxers, which is one of the... <laughs> I don't think he even had his shoes on. I think he was barefoot. I think he got that yes. far. And he was scrapping with bouncers in his in his boxers. And I th- I'm pretty, pretty sure, and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to listen to this one, Scotty, because he's been... He has been saying to me, oh, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I'm pretty sure. Sean, don't wear grey boxers on a night out. <laughs> Especially if you're going to have to strip down to him. Because there was definitely a bit of a piss stain at the front. <laughs> <laughs> he had a little map of Australia there, did he? He did. Yeah, it was a very little map <laughs> as well. Brilliant. Um, Right, so Cookie's question was um, a player, and I'm, I'm quite interested in this, actually, because I've got a few players. Like, I live next to um, Mal, Paul Malander. Yeah. And um, I'm good mates with, like, Tom Bevan. Like, obviously, I mentioned, like, yourself, um, Paula, Apo, Muzz, uh, all players like that. Um, and it... It's not until I like meet up with them or see them, I'm like, fucking hell, he's a great player. But who's the player throughout your entire sort of local career, a local footballer, that you think is either the best player or a player that you respected the most? I can't be myself, obviously. Oh, well. <laughs> um there's some good players locally, really. Mark Ibarra was a good player. Mark's two, two school years above me, but 13 months. Yep. Yep. And back in our day, when we were kids, like I grew up with Mark, same estate, but he was just a bit older. Um, and as I said before, as junior football, we would play two, over two years. So like under 14s, under 12s, Mark would have a season with us when we were the older ones as such. Yeah. Then the next season he would go up and play for another team and then back and forth. Mark's a good player, man. Um, good coach as well. Yeah, yeah. I know Mark. He's... Um a Keith Oldman's great player. Ollie's class. Played with him at Peggy and then played against him when he was at Sutton when I was Harold. Good player. Lee Harris, good player. Oh, class, lovely. Got interesting um, story about Lee eventually. About him. You said I've already said Pete Lamb. One thing about Lammer, Lammer, Pete Lamb, right? That kid, 
he's a year older than me at school. Hung around with him a bit. I always played a year above at school level, so I was always mates with Lammer. I played at Peggy with him when we left school. Went to USL with him, went to Hinton with him. You know, I played Vega with him. And Lammers could pick the game up by the scruff of the neck and win it for you. Yeah. You know, many players, you know, Lee Harris could get your goals. Keith Oldmans could play football. But what Lammers could do, he could just grab the game by the scruff of the neck and win it. You you know, I remember a cup game at Bromyard. Two two nil down, yeah, two nil down. Last twenty minutes, Lammer gets the ball on the eight in the yard box, takes everyone on the pit in on the pitch, takes them all on, smashes it in the top bins. Five minutes later, does exactly the same thing for it to be two two, going into extra time. And then Mark Con scores a winner in the last kick of the game. You win oh, the game, Connie. He was class. Yeah, well. what a player, you know. Steve Miles, Milo, still playing, plays for me still. Forty four. Really? Quality mate, quality player. <laughs> I haven't heard that name for a long time. Well, yeah, Milo. Yeah, it's one of my, one of my lot. Like top bloke. Forty four. Forty four. He'd be forty five in April, I think. Yeah. Is, is he going to give um, Big Dave Jones a run for his money in terms of the longest standing <laughs> player of all time? Yeah, he might do. Eh? Cause jo- he might I think do. I think Jonah was still playing. I think he was fifty six. Was he? I think, yeah. And he was still Brian, fitter, fitter than most of the lads. Brian Pillener is 62 or 63 and he's still playing at Door Valley now, I think. Have a bit of that. Uh, I mean, is yeah, he doing so, any good? <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's woeful, like. Yeah. Don't call him the snail for nothing. <laughs> hey, did you see what um, Hilly put up in Biff's Facebook group today? I don't know. I, I'm have, trying to think have, if I've been. Have you I don't seen, know if I've been on Facebook. Um, do you see who's um, just been appointed as a like a deputy something or other? Oh yeah, see, United? yeah, Lambert, yeah, Jim Lambert, Jim Lambert. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I, I mean, did, what, I have seen that. I didn't feel I saw it on Facebook. I thought I read it on some other local news, but I don't know. I mean, what the fuck's that about? In trim, so he's only there until they find somebody else. Yeah, but I'm sure he was like an interim ref at some point. He just never went. Ah, on. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Lambert refing. I knew I could kick the fuck out of the opponents. Uh, I yeah. just couldn't call it. I just couldn't call him a cunt. You call he, him a cunt, you're off the pitch. He hated me. I don't know why. I don't even. I can't even put my finger on any event ever. But I'm not sure I told Biffo this story actually. But I, I was playing for Peggy. It was on a Saturday and I've got my ear pierced and I'd forgotten to take my earring out. So he called me over. He's like, number four, come here. I thought, like, you have to call me number four. You know my name, Jim. So he went, uh, you got your earring in to go and take it out. I was like, oh, sorry, ref. I'll, um, I'll go do that now. So went to the sideline, took the earring out, gave it, gave it over. Got back into the centre of the pitch. This is just around when this rule had just come in, actually. And he went, I'm booking you now. I was like, what, for wearing an earring? He was like, no, for leaving the field of play without asking permission. <laughs> and I was like, you fucking 
twat. That's just cost me a tenner. <laughs> you told me to take my earring out, and because I stepped off the pitch, he booked me, fucking asshole. Ballend. But yeah, um, quality. I'm trying to think. Um, Sean asked a question, but all these questions seem because I asked them yesterday. They seem to have disappeared. Sean had a question. Um, oh, okay. Another one from Cookie. <laughs> Cookie's had a beer, I think. It says, um, who is the best player you've ever played with? And who is the best striker? So I'm guessing the best player you've ever played with and the best striker you've ever played with. Um, I think Sean's question was pretty much the same. Is it? Um, it's funny, like the, the best the best player for me is someone like Simon Macklin. Macca. Yeah, I know Macca. Remember him yeah. on the wing. Someone like him, for me, they're the best players I ever played with. They ran and 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 they ran. And they, you know, runners win games, don't they? Yeah. For me. People like him. Rob Chan used to run his bollocks off mine. He did, yeah. Um, He'd have his fat, not gay ass. He used to run like with his ass out, didn't he, Chani? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He used to run as camp as he is. Like if he was screaming sweetie as he was running, you wouldn't be surprised. No, you wouldn't, no. Also, a thing on Chani, he spent 50% of the season looking after lambs. <laughs> didn't he? It was like, is Chani coming this week? No, he's lambing. It's like, hang on. Yeah. Like, surely this is the wrong time of year for lambing. No, he's lambing. Oh. Him on his quad bike. When you've got 60 million sheep, mate, they're always lambing, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like people like Simon Macklin, mate, for me, and for, you know, my favourite players. Like, well, the best players. Tommy's a great player, mine. Tommy was a great player. Tommy Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, cracking player. Um, he, was, he was always the. Um, but. Tommy wouldn't have been much older than me when he was managing us. He was being about your age now, wouldn't he? At one point, Tommy was definitely 42 and still playing. He was my age that I am now. But Tommy um, Taylor has always been 42. He's never not uh, been 42. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he always used to make me laugh with his phone because he, he's got his big fucking spade hands, isn't he? He's like a bear trying to use a phone. Yeah. And um, I remember... <laughs> having a conversation with him I was like Tom when he because he got me to do pre-season the one year I got I got the lads so fit they were so fit and Tom was always there right at the end he was trundling along couldn't, he couldn't give up with the boys anymore. I was like Tom when are you just going to just like not bother he went that I can't if those boys are going through it I've got to go through it he says, and I will finish this. And I remember it was dark. I think it was just me and Tom over on that common ground at US Harold. 
I was like, Tom, just like, he, he had two of my kettlebells in his hand. He was still lunging because I, I gave him that that something stupid, some like some stupid concept that I'd been toying with at the time. And it was something like some that I'd come up with, not that I'd come up with. It's not uh, my training thing, but I'd read about it. Something called a single movement mind fuck. And it was like a training system where the idea is that you quit before you finish. Tommy wouldn't do that. His, yeah. oh, he was born 42, so he was still 42. And he was, I think I'd set him like 1,750 walking lunges. and that, But that was for the whole team. So that's guys that are 18 up into their early 30s. I mean, they can do that. They're going to be sore the next day. 42-year-old born Tommy. He's just been born and he's 42. <laughs> he's, he went, to, he did every single rep. Yeah. And he wasn't happy until he'd done it. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not sure there's going to be that many people kicking around anymore like Tommy Taylor. No, he's a dying breed, mate. Like Milo's a one-off as well. Like you know, he's he's like Tom. Um, yeah, top bloke, mate. Top geezer. He was a, he was a cracking footballer as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, good player, mate. Great left foot. <laughs> like we'd get a free kick, and it it could be like fifteen yards in your own half. I knew as soon as that whistle was blown for free kick, I had to get myself to the back post. Yeah. Because the ball was coming there, and if I could get it on target, I would. If not, I was dropping it into somebody's feet for a tap in. Straight away, so quick. Like I, I knew he knew. Great player, but not 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 a striker. Although I went to US Arrow as a centre back, and then after Lammer and Ingi went oh, fucking, Ingi. A, they went fucking AWOL, and we was away at Wufferton. And uh, oh, Ingi, saw, they were just Tommy pissed all the time, weren't they? Yeah, Tommy and uh, Mark Tab said, any chance you'll go up front? And I said, really? And like, scored two, won two nil. I pretty much played up front most of my Harold career then, like, really. 20-odd goals a season and that. Tappins, Edders and Tappins, mate. They all count though, mate. It's not all yeah, about... That's it. I mean, Gary Lineker made a career out of it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the best strikers I've ever personally played with has got to be Mark Davis, Davo. Uh, he was the sort of Hellenic League, the high point. Yeah, for, good player, Mark, yeah. But great guy as well. Really, really, really top bloke. Still a postie. Still seems yeah, on his postie. Um, He's actually signed for Bartstree Reserves. Fuck off. Yeah, he played. Uh, he's played a couple of games this season. He scored forty-six years. I was going to say he's got to be a couple of years older than you, isn't he? Yeah, he's a few years older than me. Mark is. Yeah, he's um, signed for Paul Turner, and yeah, played a few games, scored a goal or two, maybe. Yeah, I say yeah. I say fuck off, but good for him. So maybe it's like I, my job doesn't allow me to have weekends off, so it's really hard for me to. Commit to stuff like that, but the, like after speaking to Biffo, I've spoken to a few other other lads. Like 
I'd love, I'd love to be. It's, it's something that I think that all us boys, we probably miss. As as you get older and, and people say to you, oh, you, you don't see yourself anymore. It's like because you you take that massive part, that camaraderie, that that sort of. I think that's what sports are there to do is is to replace the old sort of the the warfare, the camaraderie of of all. Yeah, of course, mate. All Definitely. The and it's it's in our DNA to to have that sort of like. That yeah, thing outside, thing outside your normal life, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Your 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 day to day life, you're like going to work and whatnot, and then and then you look forward to your Saturday, even to a certain degree. Like I didn't mind training. You said you, you could give a fuck about training, but I quite liked it going training on either a Tuesday or Thursday, and being there on a Saturday, and all the banter and thinking, like. Everything's focused on that game, but as soon as that get as that whistle's gone, and you shake, shake the hands of everybody, it's very rarely I've ever had a game boil over. Afterwards, you go into the either your clubhouse or the or the pub or or wherever. You have your sausage and chips or your curry or your chili. It's usually shit, but it's just something to eat because you're fucking starving. <laughs> you you neck about six pints. Lucky luckily for me, I didn't drive at the time, so I, I was always getting lifts. Um, power. It was five and drive back then, anyway. It was, yeah. I that remember your normal. your BMW um, estate. I was. Yeah. I'd call it a passion wagon, but it wasn't more. It was it was more like a rocking rover. We 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 stick on a CD. Kings of Leon. I think it was you that introduced me to Kings of Leon. Yeah, probably. I come across them quite early, like in their career. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's as you get older, you do stop doing stuff that you you stop, and unless you end up just going to the pub, which I'm not like I love going to the pub, but that's not like my Saturday thing, is to go to the pub, um, and have three points and go home that's it's just not my thing it's not the same it doesn't really yeah. it doesn't replace that getting together with the boys just like the, the banter the silly things like just getting your kit ready i used to love getting yeah, my yeah. kit I used to love getting my kit ready I used to fucking yeah. wind me up when people would rock up with dirty boots I used to fucking wind me up i was like what are you doing it takes two minutes it takes two minutes when you're butt naked with six other people in a shower yeah it, clean your boots Take your fucking boots with you, you cunt. You used to really <laughs> wind me up. <laughs> I'm know, talking but... about that actually. I remember you had um you had some links, right? I don't know what sort it was, but it, it was new. Of course, I'm in the shower. Oh, let's have a go in the shower gel, mate. So squirt today. <laughs> I know this stuff. <laughs> I yeah. know what you're going to say. <laughs> so he gets back to the temple then. So he gets back to the temple now. And I never used to wear... I used to wear pants to football, then wear them on the pitch, and then they got chucked in the towel after you'd had a shower in your bag. I never took spare pants. I very rarely took socks. So sometimes I'd have no socks if they got wet in the changing rooms. But I never wore pants. So I'm commando. I'm stood in the pub. 
And it feels like someone's got a lighter on my bollocks, right? Fucking hell, I'm on fire. And I'm like, right, which one of you bastards has put Raljex on my jeans, like? And I go around all of you. Like, I remember you were fucking everyone. serious as well, weren't you? Like, yeah, I was going to fucking smack someone, mate. Yeah, I was going to fucking smack someone. And I really was. I had every fucker by the throat, like, fucking hell. I was tamping. One of my own teammates has put Raljex on my bollocks, mate. I was fucking tamping, like, right? Anyway, as a couple of pints, fucking ball, balls on fire. Gets home, gets them out, shows them to Jay. Look at my bollocks, man. They're on fire. Like, she's like, oh, well, someone's had you. Anyway, nothing. A couple of weeks later, I used the same fucking shower gel off you. And the same thing happened, mate. My bollocks was on fire. But I put, I, you know, I managed to work out what it was. Don't borrow Darren's shower gel. <laughs> His new links ain't the one, mate. Go back to the Nivea that's soft and that. It's a bit like that um, fucking... <laughs> I remember how livid you were. You I was were... fucking mad, when I? Because um, for, for, for most of you, you'll, you'll just see the pictures that I put on Instagram and Facebook of Scotty. Um, but when Scotty's got it on him, he's a fucking intimidating guy. He's a big guy. He's tattooed up. He used to have a fucking afro and a beard that were the same size. So he was just to see these intimidating eyes. And you always knew when Scotty was fucking serious because his face would change. And for though, if I put this video out, which like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but it's like this intense stare that is like at you and you're like, oh, Scotty's serious. And I'm just going to, I'm going to leave this one. I'll leave this one. <laughs> and I think I know what it was. I think... So, you know, you can get those um, original source shower gels. So, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. vegan ones. You ever tried the mint one? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If you put the mint ones anywhere near the old fella, it's it's uncomfortable. Sharp. It, yeah, sharp. It's, it's awful. It's the worst. In fact, it's torture. And I think that link shower gel was the same sort of thing. I think it had like eucalyptus. Oh, so, so you went fucking joking. It did. <laughs> so I think I think what happens is it like gives you a coating, doesn't it? So like any time any sort of air catches, it, oh, you you can't distinguish whether it's cold or hot. It's just like ah, know what that is? <laughs> oh, you were so fucking pissed. I remember that fucking. Oh, man, so glad you know. brought that one up. That is like proper yeah, change, change your room talk, that is. Yeah, that and is it. There was another one, and hopefully he's listening to this because, and I hope you remember this, because it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a change room. And I've seen so many funny things in change rooms that literally would make me fold in half. Right, so do you remember skillful number 10, John Furnio? Yeah, big time. Yeah. 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 Class player. Our wizard. He was our wizard, mate. You won the ball, you give it to him, you got in the box. Yeah. So we're getting changed after after a game. And um we've all we've all showered. I think I remember this what happened was funny, but I'd not long come back from having like a, a slight break in my foot. So if you remember in the shower in the showers at Harold. 
there was a yeah. tap, tap on the side, a cold tap. Yeah. So I was in the hot shower with my foot under the cold tap. And my foot was fucking, it was fucking killing. Because, like, the problem was, I in my head, I always had the way that I played didn't really suit my body. If I play, if I played the way I played and I had your body, I'd be fine. But the fact I'm small, I used to pick up quite a few injuries because I'd, I'd like clatter into someone like Keith Almond, and it'd be a good tackle, but it, it fucking folded me in half. Because like I, I'm, I think I'm 38 in April, and only now am I reaching 75 kilos. But throughout my playing career, I was probably between 68 and 71 yeah. kilos, like slight, but don't really give a fuck. We'll just see, see how this goes. So, fucking foot's killing. Turn on the tap. Got in the hot shower with my foot under the cold tap. Come back through. John Fernio is stood. Because Fernie's, Fernie's class. Because he's a typical lad that grew up in that sort of area. Yet he, he had uh, the sort of towny mentality didn't he john he used to have his hair cut nicely like to have his nice cut. wow he, he had a, he had a fucking haircut i wouldn't say it was nice <laughs> he sometimes he had some, <laughs> fernie you had some outrageous haircuts but he, he was did, um, yeah. <laughs> he was he was stood on the benches and i'm guessing it's because the floor was wet and he's he's drying himself off and like for those of you that are listening that don't know this which i can't imagine there's many of you it's just a bunch of naked lads that don't really care. It's all, all just naked. Now, Fernie's drying himself off. And this truncheon is just swinging. And you're sat to the left. You're sat to the left-hand side of Fernie. And it, to be fair, it's a truncheon. And it's hanging, swaying with every, like, sort of swoop of his... You slapped him on the end of his knob and said, get the out the fuck of my face, Fern, will you? <laughs> if you'd scored that last goal, I'd accept <laughs> it. But and, and you literally you heard this. It was right like that. Right on the end of his knob. <laughs> Just slapped him. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> well, it was, like you say, it was a truncheon, wasn't it? And it if he hadn't have missed it, you know, like it, it people missing things. Yeah, you can't have it. Like, can't have that. I think we drew one all that game, but right. it was class. I literally came through, shout like towel over my shoulder, thinking, "Oh, my foot's feeling a bit better now." Go and have a couple of points with Scotty and Tom. Look over, and you... <laughs> get that on my fucking face, Fern. <laughs> 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 Change your rooms, mate. Best place in the world. Oh, unbelievable times. Best place in the world, mate. And obviously the worst as well, depending if you just got your fucking asses kicked in a big game after working hard and not winning. You know, it's the highs and lows of football, mate, isn't it? It's, it's highs and lows. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's... I think it's quite unique or it used to be, I don't know, I, I can't really comment anymore. But it, it was all, like, 
you open the change room, whether you're home or away. Sit down with all your pals and you look around and you're like, yeah, I love this. I, I used to love it. I used to love it. Looking around and like you, you, you'd see, you'd see your like, closest mates, I'd say, at the time, at, on that day, closest people to you in the world. Yeah. And, 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 and you could look around that change room and I guarantee you don't have to be a psychologist. You just have to be somebody in that change room at that time. But I could tell when, right, we're, we're going to get Psycho Scotty today. He's, he's, he's probably going to get a card, maybe two. Or you, you could probably look over at me and be like, Tomo's not feeling this today. Or Tomo's just been told he's playing left back. And he... <laughs> I think the only position I didn't play at you as Howard was in goal. And I think you might beat me on that one because I think you might yeah, have played in goal. Yeah, a few times, yeah. Yeah, a few times, saved a few penalties and that. But, I'm uh, playing goal myself, right? Yeah, I mean, I always fancy myself as a goalkeeper, but five foot eight, and I... <laughs> I'm getting lobbed. I'm like the monk. I'm, get, I'm getting lobbed. <laughs> you are like the monk, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So um uh, I'll start wrapping up now, Scotty, but I I do like yeah, no to, worries. I like to spring this on people from time to time. Yeah. Well, every time I do one of these podcasts. So um it doesn't have to be related to anything at all. Okay. So just something or some things that you find either underrated or overrated. Now I've had a plethora of answers to this. It could, nature of my job, I quite often get like food related things, but I think that's an easy, easy thing to do. Um, uh, what, Superman's trainer, Michael Blevins said that self-improvement was overrated. Uh, but self-development de was underrated. Um, but it could literally be anything, anything at all. Just an item or a thought or anything like that that you think is either underrated or overrated. Uh, underrated or overrated. Or give me an example of both. Mobile phones. <laughs> the internet overrated yeah no i agree i mean yeah without it, the without, internet's it overrated. without it we wouldn't have the opportunity to do this in this pandemic times but no i agree yeah. so, social media massively overrated yeah 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 underrated t25s t25s yeah vw t25 nice i like that um, and another section that I usually do is irrational things. Well, they're now irrational. They weren't irrational at the time, but you were scared of as a kid. That you look back at, and I, some of these things I'm still scared of. I'm, I'm a big. I'm the most scared person of all time. If I if I'm scared of something, like I can't watch a horror film. No, 
not watching it. <laughs> just not because it makes me feel scared, and therefore I want to yeah. get. I, I'm just not interested. Uh, I'll just give you an example of this. Um, well, I'll give you two examples, and these are examples I always use. One was that at St. Paul's Church in Tupsley, there is an angel, um, like headstone, but it's massive. It's got to be more or less the size of an actual person. And I was told once that, that once a year, that angel comes to life. Bear in mind, I had, to, I had to walk through this cemetery every day to get to school. And I'd see this thing every day. Even now, if I go... I, I give it like two looks. Uh, <laughs> that moved since the last time I fucking saw it. Because if it has, it's fucking flown off and come back. Um, and another one was that um, a friend of mine back in the early 90s was driving my, driving, riding my um, my push bike. It was a white Amelie thing with green stripes down it. Brand new. I'd really pushed for this bike. I really wanted it. <laughs> got got over to Gorsley Lane. You know Gorsley Lane? Yeah. Up, up by the pharmacy, cycling around, and I ran over a Johnny. Um, a used, I'm guessing, or maybe somebody's just opened a packet and chucked it. And my mate, <laughs> my mate at the time told me that I've probably got AIDS. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> And he said, do you know how they find out, how you find out that you've got AIDS? And I was like, no, no. Bear in mind, I'm about eight. About eight, eight, eight to ten years old. But no, no, how do I find out? They send you a little coffin with congratulations, you've got AIDS. I Honestly, mate, I'd say months or even years. It seemed like years. I sat waiting to get this coffin sent to me. I was fucking terrified. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I, like you look back, that's what I mean. Irrational things that you just found fucking scary or that I was afraid of. That's just two things that basically my entire childhood, I was afraid of everything. But I'm quite interested to <laughs> hear what other people, my friend Webby said that um, he hit a golf ball once. He lived in, oh, it's not Marden. It's a place in between Hereford and Lempster when you come down the big hill. On the right, uh, Bodnam. Bodnam. His grandparents used to live there, and they live next door to the cemetery. So he used to like just hit golf balls, and he went to get one, and he swears that something entered him. And I said it wasn't the priest, was it? But quality. <laughs> 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 um, I gotta be honest. It's not many things that I've that ever bothered me, scared me like. And as a kid, I, honestly, I can't think of not fear. I, yeah, no, there's not a lot. My dad did tell me he was driving up the motorway once, and uh, you go up north and you see their massive brick chimneys, huge, great industrial chimneys. You know, like yeah. like sky rise buildings and uh my dad told me that they made the clouds once because they were puffing the old smoke out when he was driving past and i believed him for years that those things made the clouds <laughs> twat <laughs> <laughs>
A quick story about your old man, actually. He refereed one of Georgie's games. Um, oh, cool, man. Happy days. I know, it was brilliant. Do you know why it was brilliant? Why is that? Because there was a fucking referee there. That knew oh, the, well, yeah. knew how yeah. to do it. Oh, my yeah. God. The amount of times, there's there's a couple of referees that kick around that you're just like... And I'm sure this happened when we were young. But I literally stand on the side and I go, ref, you're ruining this game. Yeah. You're ruining this game because you, you're a dickhead. Always had loads of respect for your old man anyway. Um, Georgie got fucking clattered by by this one girl and the, the coaches, because it was the year that she was playing above so she was one of the older yep. kids and they were all fussing her. George is a bit like me. She's like, just don't give me any fuss. It fucking hurts right now. I'll be all right. Just get, let me run it off. Um, and I think she screamed at one of the coaches. I'm fine. So I'm fucking fine. <laughs> so I'm fine. Just fucking leave me alone. Uh, next tackle went in and Scotty, we, we'll, we'll say 10 years on and off. We played football together. You know, yeah. you know exactly what happens. She's she's been lumped. Next tackle. Do you know what's happening? You know what's happening. She's got mine and my old man's blood roll like literally running through her veins. You know exactly what's happening. She sticks this girl up in the air, but it's a fucking good tackle, mate. It's a cracking tackle. Your old man just went play on, <laughs> as it should be. Because it, she didn't foul the girl. Yeah, no, if it's not a foul, she mate. She didn't foul the girl, but the, the girl went, like, it was It was one of those tackles that, you know, you can't sort of explain. Like, she shouldn't, yeah. have, she shouldn't have been quick enough to get there, but that bit of aggression, because the girl got caught her the last time, spurred yeah. her on that little bit quicker, caught the ball, girl goes up in the air, lands on her ass. everyone's going, referee! It's like, but there's no, there's no foul. All she's done is won the ball. Your old man pulled me to the side. She went, and it, it in his squeaky voice, he was like, "Darren, yeah. I didn't know that that was your daughter until um, I saw that tackle go in." <laughs> <laughs> yes, class. He said, he, and, and he was like, "It brought back a lot of memories." That did. I was like, oh, "Yes, got see." Top man. Yeah, he's a great guy. Man, top ref, top referee. Like especially with the kids, he's quality Junior, with the kids. Jen, like. That's genuine as well. I, w- I wouldn't yeah. just do that because like, you're my mate. Brilliant, brilliant fella. Yeah, he's top bloke, mate. Cracking referee. Um, so, yeah. So, you, you didn't have any irrational fears as a kid? Nothing that you thought? Like, not that, no, I, can re- not that a, I can remember. Like, I, it, I, uh, I was probably seven and I watched Hellraiser. Oh, is that the guy with the pinhead? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so My like, cousin had my cousin had that DVD and he used to shit me up. I used to have to turn it away. Not, but it wasn't a DVD though. It was a VHS. It was, it was like, yeah. So on. yeah, VHS. And uh, when we were, I was seven and uh, me and Greg Edwards, we went round David and Kevin Woods' house and watched it in their living room. And I had to fucking sleep in my parents' room for two weeks <laughs> after. I had pure nightmares from it every night. Like, um, so I'm a bit like you. I don't bother watching horror movies. My boys love them. They're into it. Georgie does as well. She finds some yeah. 
She's like, I don't know oh, what you're so got... scared about, Dad. I'm like, the yeah. thing is, George, I won't watch scary films and I won't watch <laughs> films that make me sad because they're two things that I don't want to feel. Yeah. I don't want to feel right. scared and I don't want to feel sad ever. So <laughs> could it make me watch a film about a dog dying? No, I'm not doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. I've had a few of them, mate. Where I've had to swallow a bit. Like, obviously, took me six years to get another dog after Boris went, like, which we've got one now, Rafi. Boris, 15, Boris was a great dog. Yeah, Boris. Well, yeah, he was a good dog. Yeah, and Raf, Raf is the same. Really, he's the same sort of fucking good boy. Like, yeah, he's a good boy. Like, we'll tell you what we'll have to do, mate. As soon as as soon as we can, we'll take my boy Jack out for a walk with Rafi. Yeah, same, mate. Where are you now? I mean, not exactly, um, but whereabouts roughly? HR four bubble stop. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too far. Meet in the middle yeah, by the by the river. Yeah. Go up Brighton or something. Yeah, tidy. Right. Well, that is approximately two hours with that one little break, which hopefully the fuck has saved to my computer. It said it had. It said it had, and um, I had a few audio problems with Biffo because he was really quiet, and I because I've got the microphone and stuff. Yeah, I was trying to like do the levels and stuff. I had to send it off to Murph and Lee. I was like, "Can, can you boys just try and sort this out because this is a really good episode?" But you've sounded pretty clear all night, so I'm guessing that both of our internet connections and that have been great. Um, but yeah, thanks uh, very much for coming on. It's been so right, mate. Brilliant. I've... Not hard, is it? Just having a chat with your mate for a couple of hours. Fucking hell. No, no. Um, up for doing it again? Yeah, mate. Why not? Yeah, brilliant. Well, um, I'll um, send all the particulars out to you, mate, and get a bit more. Well, I know there's a few people that are really looking forward to hearing this. So, um, my mum being one of them. She, she oh yeah, me, she messaged me earlier and she was like, "How did the ah. podcast go with Scotty?" And I was like. <laughs> I'm doing it tonight, ma'am. She was like, oh, I can't wait for this one. It's be <laughs> been quite tame. I haven't really told many stories, like. No, no, but we'll save that for the next one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, nice one, ma'am. Yeah, um, same, mate. Take care. And you, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Love to all your family, mate. And you, mate. Love you, man. Bye. Cheers, pal.